<laughs> Welcome to another episode of Unnamed and Untamed. We were just having a discussion about our weekend and getting ready for Christmas because it is December 5th. So it is officially official time to decorate. And Mary, you just got a fat tree, right? Yeah, I I got our first. For those of you who don't know, we moved ourselves. Um, I'm going to say this right now, let it be known on this podcast, whatever episode this is, I'm going to document this podcast. I'm going to come back to this podcast whenever it comes time for us to move again. I am not a proponent for moving yourselves. (laughs) Um, We moved ourselves. I was obviously post-op, so that was not super, super smart timing, but we didn't, we didn't have a choice. So just, we did what we did. Anyway, we moved ourselves and we are in-ish and it's Christmas and we have the space now to get a fat tree. So we have on order. Yes, guys, we did artificial. Um, it's just easier for us. Poopy, our dogs never had a real tree. I don't know how that would go down. It, we're in a rental. I just don't want to deal with that situation. So we went with artificial pre-lit big fat mama jamas coming in between the 12th, oh, the 22nd if it's hardcore. But either way, fat girls coming in the house. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm excited for you. And is it pre-lit? Pre-lit. And we'll go into the conversation we were talking about with Sonia. Team white lights. Team white, Team white lights. Team white lights. It, it is, has to be. It's just with kids though. I will tell you, this is what I was saying before we recorded. I was like, we got to bring this discussion to the table. Why do kids? I mean, I get why kids love the colored lights, but it's so tacky, the blues and purples. And I hate colored lights. I can get down with some colored lights, like big ones on the outside of the house. It's real cute and festive. But tiny white colored lights on a tree is just not for me. You just and don't like, see the ornaments as well. Like it's like any of it. It doesn't feel cozy. No, it's like ugh. like it. It's like very nineties. I think I don't yeah, know. And they like them to flash. They like flashing oh, colored oh, lights. It's my grandma used to obnoxious. have, and my mom. I was talking to my mom on the phone uh, yesterday today, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm going with Nana to get her a new tree because you know that one tree she had, and it was like." just the lights like flashed it was like you like had like you literally were gonna have like a seizure like in her living room (laughs) that's not that's not relaxing I like the warm white just cozy like you turn off all the lights in the entire house and then you just have these white lights and Costco I don't know if the U.S. but I'll tell you this Costco has these things called fairy lights they come in like Basically, it looks like overgrown um, toilet paper, like uh, cardboard, but it's like these fairy lights that are wound around, wound, round, wound around. There you go. <laughs> you can get them off of Amazon, by the way, but they're called fairy lights and they just have this like little battery pack so you can hide the battery pack everywhere. Oh my God. Best thing ever. You wind those things everywhere and so then you turn off all the lights and you just have these white lights just twinkling everywhere it's great yeah we have those um um, my boyfriend got those for my daughter last year she has like a giant it's like barbie but it's called lol dolls or like the new version and she's got this giant lol mansion with like a helicopter pad and everything and it's like super bizarre we took those lights and he like strung them all around to like light it up for christmas they're the coolest and they're really not that expensive. And actually, Whoa. Michaels, if you guys have a Michaels near you, they yeah. always have them for 50% off during Christmas time. Nice. I'm telling Michael, you, stock up. Michaels run. Stock up. Yeah. That'd be Michaels good. is like, so the cheap. Fireplace. Yeah. That's yeah. where we got our first Christmas stuff. Um, I remember when we thought we were going to do like Christmas here when I first moved here. And Fred's dad had a bit of a health scare. And so he had to go there and was like, almost like this, like Christmas was going to cancel type of situation. And uh, when Fred got back from Quebec, I had gone to Michael's and like, as like Christmas Eve, like I never, I'm not a Christmas Eve shopper. Like normally you're at home. Like we're always at home. We do like the appies type of situation. Anyway, he was traveling back and I had gone to Michael's. And like you said, like they had like 70% off. And that's when we had got, I got two pencil trees. I got like all this stuff. And it was like basically like Christmas had just like thrown up in our house overnight. So when he arrived, it was like, 
Christmas. Cause I was like, we're going to still have Christmas here. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love this time of year. I just don't know. It's, are y'all going to go drive and see lights? I will start that discussion because we had that in our household and I'll tell you how it finished, but are y'all going to drive to like look around? So we have to with the kids. It's never like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, am I doing this parenting thing wrong? It's never how we think it's going to go. Ever. We go and, but then the moments, how about this? There are moments where we go and it's like a ton of fun, but our kids are both like, because they're not, they haven't grown up with each other. It's like having a kid who has its friend over. And if you're a parent, you'll get that. When your kids have their friends over, they don't have act right. They lost their senses of what is right and wrong and logical. And it's literally just like that our kids are like that because they're, they're new to living together. It's my boyfriend's son and my daughter, but they're really good friends. They're like wild together. And so when we have them together one week on one week off, it's like, they haven't seen each other all week and they're running around, they're playing, which is awesome. But sometimes it's a lot, a lot, you know, (laughs) just like they're both kind of like, they're both characters and they both are like the class clown. So when they're together, they're intense. And so when we take them somewhere in public, <laughs> at times, excuse me, Bless you. Bless at you. times I'm like, those aren't our kids. They're like, all you can hear at the parade is our kids. And they're screaming at this and they're jumping in the street and they're messing around. I'm like, look at all these other kids dressed with matching clothes, just sitting there and watching the parade. And there's our kids like, what? like they're at a chain smokers concert. Like it's crazy. You know, and everyone's like, oh, those are definitely your guys' kids. But it's a lot. In the last time I took my daughter to this light festival, first of all, we paid, you you, pay, you buy tickets, whatever. They're not that expensive. But the line to drive through, are you like, it's hours, right? Like you're in there for hours and kids have the patience of a like. I don't know. I was going to say a slug, but I feel like slugs would be pretty patient given they're like, they're well, slow. I mean, their method that's of what movement. I'm yeah. But they're awful. And then it's like the whole time it's like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Why aren't we there? This is boring. I want to get out. Can I have a tablet? Can I have a charger? Can you turn the chain? Can you change this? I don't listen to marshmallow. I don't listen to Linium. I don't listen. It's like every, it just the whole time it's like complaining and it's like, not like they're not like oh my god this is so much fun mom they're just like why aren't we there yet then we drive through and it's maybe like 10 minutes of bliss and then the whole way home we're like i'm bored this is long it wasn't long enough it's insane it's just like and maybe i'm the only i can't be the only parent like but i'm like this isn't as fun as i think it's I, gonna be like when i, I feel like it, i'm when I imagine it yeah i feel like fred and i could be your children to be honest because (laughs) we had this conversation we were like okay well we're gonna be here let's you know let's make this christmas and so there's this place where you can apparently buy tickets because apparently i'm so old that like i remember the time where you could drive around for free and just look at people's lights and neighborhoods like that was now like a charge. Oh, you said yeah, that now it's like premium ticket and there's hours. Um, and there's this place that is over for people who are like in my area, like in Canada. And I remember driving by the interstate and like this line, guys, it's like wrapped. Like it's like the street that is like parallel to the interstate. It's like the side road. It is like, it is like fucking <laughs> like, like they have got to be waiting for like an hour. And I told yeah. that I was like, so babe, like, we're going to drive over there in like, like five o'clock traffic to sit there and then wait. And then we're going to have that like 10 minutes of bliss. And then we're going to be getting home late. It's going to be like, and I'm a grandmother, oh, like, just so you yeah. guys know. So I feel like your kids a little bit. Well, you just talked me out of my idea. Cause there's this place called enchanted or something. And yeah. it's, it's in St. Pete. And basically the, the trop the where the rays play um the yes. baseball stadium they like shut it down and it's like i a- went to that here they tour or they have they don't tour i guess christmas is christmas they have but- little towns where they are little yes towns. major and so i did that here the year before covid and we loved it so we're good warm it's like an indoor festival they have drinks they have food they do santa it's like arts and craftsy there's like lights Ooh. it's really good instagramming pictures you okay. know what i mean like really good Maybe for the we'll gram still go photos. for the gram you know 
Yeah, I would go for the gram. And it's warm and there's cocoa and there's like the kids can run around. Yeah. Well, you, you and I'm like, just like, I'm like, I don't have kids. So I'm like, is this going to be like this weird thing where like, we're like, we're too yeah. old to be here? It's uncles and friends. They've got like pop up, like, um, like warm spiked cider and bars. And they've got like an adult area and they've got really cool, like, areas to walk around and explore it's like a light festival okay. and it's indoors oh. well the one that we have is indoors yeah well the trop is indoors so it's okay I, maybe we'll go um and then there's this other thing i want to do and you guys are gonna laugh so don't laugh too hard but it's a like a fake snow place where it's like they it's called snowcat ridge and it's like That's a cool. giant mountain that they made and you like oh my god it's like Bless all you. fake snow and you like sled down the mountain. <laughs> I think I could get down with that. That sounds like a time for me. Like, honestly, yeah. if I get real stuff versus fake, I'm all about the fake. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I like that. We, we just got dumped snow dumped. Well, not, I guess it depends on where you live. Like not for Chicago, but we got snowed here. And the thing that sucks is it's like everything shut down for multiple days. My daughter's school was shut down and then it would melt and then become ice. Oh, that's the worst. And our neighborhood, the way that it sits, literally right outside my street. So, like, we have a little cul-de-sac. Right outside the cul-de-sac, the roads are fine. And then our street is, like, the way it gets sun, the street area, it just never gets – it gets a little bit of sun, but not enough to melt it. And then so it freezes again. So, it just literally, it was like an ice skating rink. So, it was a little bit, like, iffy getting my car around. But I don't like the snow. I'm not, that's the part that, so I don't mind the snow. I don't mind the white fluffy. I think it's actually beautiful. It's great. It's that ice, it's the ice situation. So basically it's the time where winter can't decide if it's here or not. Yes. And then when the other end of it, where winter is here and we either have like ice storms or winter is now over and it can't decide if it's spring or not. It's the ice is like, so brutal like I don't think anyone can experience it but like yeah until you have but it, it literally is a skating rink and it is you not last fun. Year. yeah huh? didn't you, you fell last year oh me yes my life flashed before my eyes and I remember telling you guys I was like let it go yeah <laughs> yeah I remember because we were talking about that and, and I think we had Dr. Megan on yes yes I'm telling you ice is just I, that is like, oh, I'll take snow any day, but ice, yeah, no, not a fan. Especially with our kids, Easton is just like, uh, our like, so he's just like very athletic and like is like one of those kids that can like tumble and fall and jump up and then go, you know, like a football player at the end zone when they hit a touchdown, they just spring up and keep running and they're like start dancing. That's Easton. My daughter sometimes has a hard time. <laughs> walking so she's got a little bit of a uh, like a pigeon toe like an inward and so and as much as you like I'm like oh we'll just like to help it you know like do like movement and mobility and cars and stuff to just kind of like get her movement pattern in a better position it's hard to get a seven-year-old to do physical therapy at home yeah. so anyway she's got a little bit of an inward and sometimes she just will walking will just trip and so and her foot placement her mind muscle connection and like where she thinks her foot is and where her foot actually is sometimes is a little bit staggered. You know, she's just grown into her own, you know? Yeah. And I worry when she gets on the ice. I'm like, oh my God, she'll try to do whatever Easton's doing. And I'll like watch her. And then it's just like, it feels like final destination. I'm just like, ah. you know, I'm like walking down our hill this morning. She fell twice. I was like, okay, we're just gonna try to like watch our feet while we're moving you know she's like talking and she's like flipping her hair and like going like this while she's walking like she's such a girl and sometimes I'm like let's just take it real slow and let's watch our feet a little bit there we go there we go oh my god she likes to wear these little heeled boots you know just yes. super cute but not I feel not, like that's why I absolutely hate the ice yeah you cannot like I swear when it becomes icy, like I literally have one pair of shoes and it's like these, yeah. you know, hunk of boots because it's the only things that will not make me like I can have a gripper on like all my other shoes, like have these cute little platforms or like cute heels. And let me just tell you that doesn't fly. Can't do that. Nope. No, no, it doesn't work. But now we have a garage. 
So I'm not going to have to hike a mile to my car, which is like in a parking lot, or at least it used to be. So maybe I can do the heels. We'll see. You know, TBA yeah. on that. Keep us posted. We'll yeah, get back to it. I'll let you know. Yeah. Are we kicking off some thyroid today? I thought we were doing CBC. We're doing CBC today. That's right. Or are we doing <laughs> favorites? Right. We're all here. It's yeah. Steiner here. It's Steiner here. CBC, the complete blood count. Yeah. The most interesting. We Yeah, we talked about a CMP last time. So you guys make sure you yeah. check that one out if you missed it. And then we've got our complete blood count, which is going to be indicators of blood cells, anemia, infection, virus. What else we got in there? Hydration, so which looking, is kind we're of. We're basically looking at a. Go ahead. You, Mayor? What? You were. That's all talking. Oh, also, what are you there, Mayor? You said we're yeah. basically looking yeah, at I think. Is there a little bit of a delay on your end? You look terrified right now. You were talking and then you were like, stop and went, go ahead. We were like, um. I don't know why. I think there's like all of a sudden I'm having a little bit of delay on my end. So apologize, guys. If okay. I start running over anybody else speaking, I'm going to just take pauses, long pauses and make sure everybody's good. No, we're going to make long, awkward pauses for this thing. So you were saying a complete blood count is basically the measurement of, take it away, boss. I was going to say white blood cells, red blood cells, and we're looking at platelets. There's also going to be, well, in that, it's going to be like hem hemoglobin and hematocrit. But essentially, we're looking at like what you said, Sonia, like immune system. But I think it kind of summarizes it by saying those three things. And then within those white blood cells, we're going to be looking at all kinds of other little pieces within there, talking about yeah. like the eosinophils, monocytes, and all those things. The nice thing is, is um, when it comes down to CBC, um, it's $9 if you buy it on your own, maybe 15 if you buy it on your own. And most doctor will run, most doctors as your yearly checkup will run this. Um, they'll run the CMP, which is the one we covered last time, and they'll run the CBC, which is nice because some of the other labs that we'll get into, it's a little bit more, depending on your doctor, they may or may not be able to or want to run it for whatever reason. But these are really easy and affordable labs to get. And you can actually, when you're looking beyond just what's high and what's low, like flagged, you can really start to paint a picture of how the systems in the body are working. If there's micronutrient deficiencies, if there's like we were talking about infections, diseases, virus, if there's um, if there's viscosity in the blood, if you're responding negatively to TRT and there's, if you're, you know, um, you can even see heart function in there as well. So I think it's really important to understand that this can be an amazing tool, I think. And I've heard people say, oh, my doctor will only give me a, you know, the, the basic blood work, CMP and C CBC. And it's like, you could do a lot with that. Yeah. You can do a lot with and, that. So, you, um, you don't want to, like, you started off like, um, you know, like you don't want to just ideally go get a thyroid lab. Like you want to get the CMP and the CBC to know potentially why those thyroid labs, you know, kind of are, are off, you know, or at least kind of maybe help paint again, this picture. Um, yeah. so definitely important stuff here. Um, thyroidism is normally, I is normally not all the time a secondary lifestyle or micronutrient deficiency. Yeah. Meaning it is either your lifestyle that got you into that position or it's a micronutrient deficiency, whether it's selenium, zinc, vitamin D. There's so many cofactors and enzymes that are needed for proper function of the thyroid that it's really important to look at micronutrients in testing and not just say I'm hypothyroid, I should be taking a medication because I think we're like one of the most overprescribed. I know we're not talking about thyroid today, but we're so overprescribed with, with thyroid medicine. It is ridiculous. And a lot of times low thyroid function is actually a micronutrient deficiency or a gut dysfunction more than it's um, more than it just needs to be medicated. And looking at a CBC will show both gut dysfunction and micronutrient deficiency, which is lovely. So yeah. And if you um, do need to be medicated, like looking at these labs can help indicate like maybe why 
we need to adjust your dosage or why your current dosage isn't working well for you or it doesn't seem to be working for you. Yeah. Is it like an enzyme or is it, is it infection or is it those kind of things? So first we have RDW, which is the, um, total. So I'm reading this verbatim because I always have a hard time with this one in the the RDW, um, a test to determine red cell distribution distribution, which shows variation in the size of volume of a person's red blood cells. So this is typically very easily influenced by things like iron and B12, Um, And again, this is kind of where we see that, like, are you low in micronutrients? Is this something that's going on? Um, If it's high, it's typically a deficiency in micronutrients or even like some sort of inflammatory gut issue, like a food allergy or food, um, not an allergy. What am I thinking? Intolerance. Intolerance. And then also uh, gluten intolerance. And then when it's low, typically you'll see things like inflammation or infection on that side, or even like acute or or I'm sorry, chronic, um, disease or viruses. So, um, like measles and stuff like that. Anything you guys want to add to that? Uh, no, actually, I think that was really good. Uh, I was saying a lot of these, a lot of these guys, you're going to hear B12 and B9. So folic acid and just understand those typically can go hand in hand. And oftentimes one can look like the other, but you're going to kind of hear B12, B6, B9. You're going to start hearing a lot of the same things with regard to basically summarizing kind of like, I don't know which one of you said it, but nutrient deficiency. So you're going to start hearing a lot of deficiency in this deficiency in that. And so just don't get hung up as with our last podcast, don't get hung up of, Oh, it's this one thing, because this one thing says it, you're going to start seeing how you can see one thing over many different markers. And it doesn't mean necessarily it is B12. You have to look at why is it that, or why could it be that, which is, again, is going to go back to, you know, gut health and all those things. So you're going to start to hear deficiencies, but it doesn't mean run out and go take B12 <laughs> or run out and go take vitamin D. <laughs> and the caveat with that, I'm going to say is Genetic snippets and all of us are going to be very different. And there's actually a genetic snippet where you process different forms of B12 differently. Um, not everyone's going to go get like a DNA test. If you, you can get them, if this is something that you want to see, but if you are somebody who takes a, um, a B12 supplement currently, and you are, um, you have, Okay, I'll say this with with folate specifically. If you are somebody who takes a methylfolate and you are still, which a lot of times we've talked about the MTHFR or the MTHF gene um, being um, an issue for people who can't absorb folate, so then they would need a methylfolate and then they can absorb it. I think a lot of supplement companies are moving towards more of a methylfolate based or good quality ones just in case that is an issue for you. But if you're taking something like that now and you're still showing low on these, you might have a genetic snippet and you need to use, um, I can't, it's the, it's, um, a decinate, a decinal folate. A decinate or that's the B12. Um, adenosine, adenosine, adenosine folate instead of methylfolate. Yeah. And at the same, like at the same rate too, like for some people, depending on, like she was saying, like gene snips, some people might find that if they take a methyl like B complex or something, they might actually feel like their symptoms get worse. Um, I've actually had several clients, um, either do genetic testing recently Mm -hmm. or want to do genetic testing. And I'll just say this, this is what I said actually to recently to a client and it really resonated with her. I asked her, I said, when doing testing, I'm all about it. If you want to find out more and you just want to geek out yeah. and nerd out, like I am your woman. That being said, I asked her, I said, what are you willing and wanting to do with the information? So yeah. does this mean, and this is where I think it's really important when looking at lab work is understanding how to interpret the information and what to do with it and what you're willing to do with it. Because when we're talking about, you know, taking this version of that or this version of this, when it comes down to 
the conversation we always have, which is your environment of what you are putting in your body, what you're putting on your skin, all of this yeah. is going to affect those genes, those SNPs and how yep. they manifest. Yeah. 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 And so those genetic tests can be a lot. They're a lot. Well, I had one done and it's <laughs> a lot, a lot of pages, but it's really good information. So I found out that, um, it, and honestly, for somebody who had so much dysfunction with my hormones in my genetic testing, they were literally like, you don't aromatize estrogens from testosterone, which we could see in my Dutch test, but no one knew why or how this you're sometimes you're looking for a reason. And sometimes it's genetic. Same thing with vitamin B12 specifically, like I wasn't absorbing it through like an oral form. And I have a genetic snippet called like F U T something. And with that snippet, you don't absorb vitamin B through the gut. So you need to take a sublingual. So sometimes there's like genetic reasons why you're not necessarily getting the micronutrient absorption that you should be getting. Sometimes it's genetic. doesn't always mean like, I would hate for somebody to listen to this and be like, I have to do this to know if I'm doing it right. It's just, if you're long-term trying to do something like you're always flagging low for a B12 deficiency and you are taking different types of different forms that are good quality, maybe it's something you might want to look into. Same thing with um, vitamin Z and vitamin C and also vitamin D genetic snippets will influence vitamin D as well. And the specific forms that you need to take and the quantities that you need to take. So you'll see this too on labs and with working with clients. And I'm sure you guys see this as well. Some clients at, at 5,000, I use a vitamin D and K2, they're great. And then sometimes I need to bump somebody up to like 10,000 and, and maybe even a little bit more to get them to actually come up on serum labs and to start kind of having lessening some of those effects they might be feeling. And again, some of that can really come down. I use a lot of sublingual vitamin D with my clients anyways, but a lot of that can come down to genetic snippets. So just something interesting. I thought that was pretty. Yeah. I've been diving into my DNA test a little bit more and I was like, wow, this is actually, it is very cool. It really cool. I mean, I did have, like, I had a client get one done fairly recently. I'm like, Ooh, I kind of want to do this, but it's definitely expensive. And yeah, exactly. Are you prepared to do stuff with this information? And is it going to overwhelm you in a negative way? Exactly. There is information on there that could influence your behavior or, you know, just like your psychology, you know, negatively. Um, And also understanding like, just because you have this predisposition or, you know, whatever, a lot of times it's, you know, genetics load the gun, environment pulls the trigger. So, so I did the DNA report. It's called the DNA report. And what I really liked about them is they broke it up into segments of like inflammation and antioxidant and all this kind of stuff. And then to top it off each area talked about your genes and what area they influenced of that. If you were suboptimal, if you needed help and then how to support them with lifestyle and then how to support them and how to make sure you're getting the proper absorption of micronutrients. And yeah. they weren't an over abundant. Um, they, so sometimes some companies will be like, these are all the supplements you need to take, you know, but they were very selective on like, no, this is yeah. the B vitamin, the type of E vitamin you want to take. This is the type of D, this is the type of zinc. This is the type of um, adaptogen, you know, something mitochondria function support that you need, or the type of glutathione that might work best for you. So, um, I thought that was pretty cool. I think it was worth it. The one my client did, it was, um, three by four and included like a console, I guess you could say with someone on their staff. And I felt like at least, you know, from what she shared with me, like the person did a really good job of being like, okay, here's your big rocks. And it was like four bullet points out of this huge ass test. And that's really good. That was like really good to say like, okay, like, you know, my client explained some of her, you know, life to her, you know, the, the counselor. And it was kind of like, let's not focus on all of this. Like, here's your big rocks. Like here's what's going to have the most impact, especially right now. Yeah. I really love that. So the ones that I have done, I don't know that are not me personally, I haven't done one, but I've seen three different types. One, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the names of them. Um, cause one's a pretty reputable company. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and people know the company really well. <laughs> um, and I really like that company. Um, but, um, one of the companies that, that, uh, client did, I have to say like, this was my experience, which I didn't like is 
they, it was a, a, you know, DNA testing and without knowing what she's currently truly doing, they made recommendations for her with regard to like fasting or, you know, limiting nutrition, um, you know, taking, you know, certain vitamins and minerals. And that's when it really does bother me. Cause for example, what if you have Mrs. Jones that I can't get Mrs. Jones to eat four meals consistently, um, that has, you know, 25 grams of protein in it. What if Mrs. Jones is only eating, you know, some days 600 calories? Well, she's probably going to be a little bit more tired regardless of what her DNA says. And then the next day we have binges and like, so that's what I was just with a couple of them. I'm just like, Ooh, this is really reinforcing some negative behaviors. I'm trying as a coach to, you know, overcome with a client. (laughs) Um, And then another one was, um, but the information was good. I just felt like the delivery wasn't appropriate. Um, Yeah. But yeah, there, there really, there's some really great information out there. I just feel like you have to have that great, great interpretation. And like you said, it can be so overwhelming with all the things, but I like what, like both of your, the one you did and the one Sarah, you said that your client had where it's like, Hey, these are the big things. Um, and then yours like broke it down as well. Like that sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So they can be a great tool, but the CBC will be the first step in that. And then, and then this is that let's address it at a, at a, at a smaller level first. And then if it's not changing, I mean, obviously as a coach, when you watch your labs and you're like, Hey, something's wrong here. My doctor was kind of like, I think it would be a good place to actually see this. And while it didn't cure anything, it gave me really good insight to changes that I can make. And then it actually gave me a little bit of peace of mind of like, wow, I don't need to necessarily be like, I'm not broken. Some of this is genetic. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is a little bit of peace of mind. If you're always looking why, why you don't, why you have clinically low tests or, you know, hormones is this specific thing. It's like, wow, again, same thing. Genetically, you have the disposition. And then I know my previous lifestyle. I know I loaded that gun. I can, at least I know that it's not that I'm failing on my protocol. It's that through time, and genetics, I've put myself in a, a different position than maybe Susan would, who just loses her period for six months and gets it back. Right. She'd be yeah. Like, um, platelets. Ooh. Oh, um, RDW uh, optimal ranges. So again, we talked about this last time. RDW, like what's op- optional and then what optimal and what you're going to see on actual like lab corp um, levels. We like to see in between like 11 and 13%. Um, that's going to be a good solid level, maybe give or take one, but anything that goes a little bit lower than that, or a little bit higher than that can actually start to be an indication of one of the above things. So I just wanted to throw those numbers out there. Um, and then platelets, platelets, um, can be really beneficial, especially if you're using PEDs. Um, when we start to see platelets go high, so I say above like 390, 400, um, this can be a really good indication that there's like thickening or hardening inside of the arteries. Um, so I think it's one of those really, really good tools that you can start to see in labs. If you are using PEDs, if you are, um, not even just PEDs, I just say that because in the bodybuilding industry, I think that there's a lot of heart health that goes on prevention for heart disease that goes unrecognized. Um, and by looking at some of these numbers, we can, we can slow down the, slow down the probability of someone developing a higher risk for a heart attack, right? Because we see this in the news a lot in the bodybuilding industry is like famous bodybuilders that just drop dead or have a heart attack. And a lot of times they're not necessarily looking at the, they're not looking at their calcium scores. They're not looking at some of these additional tests. And again, CBC is not going to be the end all be all. You want to look at lipid panels and some other things as well. But if you're, if your platelets are showing high, then you can ask for additional testing in something heart related. So that's just kind of like one of those things. And then low, um, heavy metal body burning is what I have. And then free radical pathology. So normally we'll see a a heavy toxic load. Um, this can even be somebody maybe who like works, um, with a lot of like chemicals. So I had a client who was actually a hairstylist and her platelets were constantly low. We ended up running like a pretty heavy flush on her. Um, and she wasn't using like gloves and there was a lot of stuff going on. And we just kind of minimized her exposure risk to that. And her platelets came back up from, I think they were like 80, like really low, lower than I've ever seen them back into like one, 
180, 190 range, which is in a really good spot. So typically 150 to, to one or to 390 is kind of that like sweet spot for those guys. Yeah. So platelets, um, just for like folks listening is involved in blood clotting. And so that's why we were talking about like thickening versus thinning. And so even like outside of like the body bodybuilding space with regard to blood clotting, there's not just this one marker. There's going to be like, you can actually run separate, separate panels. Um, so for example, this one and just clotting in general is kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, cause my mom actually, passed away from an acquired, um, blood clotting deficiency and her, something that her sister has as well. And so it's something that I'm very cognizant of for myself, um, even though it was acquired. Um, and so with regard to the blood clotting, we have to think about it protects against excessive bleeding. So we don't want it too high. Cause obviously like what Sonia said, risk for cardiovascular disease and what it can mean to have too thick. Um, but just also know that like, it can be high, like even just with like dehydration. So, and again, when I say high, I don't mean like ridiculously high for dehydration, but that can be something. Um, and then like low, again, looking at like what she was saying, like toxic burden, infection, also think about like, again, those vitamins, B12, B9, um, and just immune system, like CBC, I just think a lot of immune function. So this is why platelets everyone's like, Oh, platelets. But I'm like, Oh, kind of important. <laughs> you know, this is thrombocytes in your blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, definitely helpful. And I don't see them out of range a lot. Like the next no, one, I've never seen into, it. Like, so <laughs> neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, like those ones you'll see skewed a lot. But when I saw platelets skewed for the first time, I was like, okay, we're going to really dig into this a little bit more. Like it took a little bit of like a Okay, we need to, this is like a little bit of more of a come to Jesus meeting because the range on those so high and the body is so resilient that when it is out of range with the exception of like maybe a little bit of dehydration, you do really want to dig into that a little bit more, especially, yeah, in it's, combination. I'm going to like squirrel for a second, but yeah. this is a really good place in your CBC. So like you mentioned like hairstylists. So yeah. there's another coach. I won't mention his name. <laughs> that we all work with. Um, yeah. but he actually had a client that, um, was like, I guess like a model for makeup or something. And so she like constantly like got her face, like beat, like, or done yes. like all the time. And I know myself personally coming from a background in dentistry, I have had colleagues because you've heard of products, like things like triclosan and things like that. So in our operatories and anybody who works in the medical setting or makeup, perfume, you just have to re remember as much as we might like these smells and we might feel really great and sexy, like these are toxic burdens to our body. And I have actually had coworkers in the dental community that their CBC has come up very skewed and has actually gone into issues with regard to their health because of toxic exposure to cleaning chemicals, um, hand washing and hand sanitized agents that are just very intense that they're, that we were doing, like, I'm talking multiple times a day. It wasn't like we just used a hand sanitizer like once it's talking like before, you know, in between each time and you glove, like it's just very excessive. So I really want people to like be thinking about that. Like when you look at your workplace and chemical exposure, because like hairstylists, like people who work in any type of esthetician, yeah, yeah, esthetician, esthetician. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're going to be. And again, I'm not saying quit your jobs, but just be thoughtful to the exposure and be thoughtful to perhaps if you work in like a corporation, um, the products that are provided to you, like for example, the hand soap that was provided to me at my work setting actually said like it was triclosan. That is like horrible to use. It was the worst stuff, like my skin were like peeling off. And so I actually started bringing my own um, like uh, hand, hand soap. I started bringing my own hand soap with me to work that I would put just because I knew how much I was having to wash my hands and how horrible that particular product actually was. So just be thoughtful to like those things that we don't think of because we're doing it on a daily basis. Yeah. We're not necessarily aware and you don't need to become like, uh, 
if you really want to get into it, whew, you can get into it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna you be can rough. Get into it. You know, my couch has like couch. fire protecting <laughs> stuff in it. Like they put it in kids' pajamas. Fly Don't get fly. trees that we talked about earlier in the episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you can go down a rabbit hole, but for the most part, it's like your body when running well can detox, but it's 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 time and total toxic load. So how long? And how much those are going to be the things that can like really, really affect you. So those, that's a big, big one to kind of look out for. Um, next ones are the white blood cells of the family. So I always like talking about neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosophils, um, and basophils. So these guys, I always, and I don't know, this is like my story of how to explain them to clients. Cause it's kind of like complicated, but I always say like, imagine like the United States of America and all the different people from different countries and how different they are in cultures and what they bring to the United States. I always kind of explain that as like our different groups of white blood cells are different in how they, what they bring to the body and how they work in the body and how they affect the body. They're just like a total population but then their different percentages can mean different things because when we're fighting off one type of thing going on in the body, it might lower because you'll see percentages in all of these. So like if I, if I have a total percentage of a hundred and 40 are this type and 40 are this type, and then another 20 are this type, if this type has to increase to 60, then the, the other one might be 10 and then 30 and then another 10. So it's kind of like, Watching these numbers is a really good indication of like we talked about infections and gut health. Um, normally, neutrophils are kind of like the first ones on the scene when we have an infection, like a bacterial infection going on inside of the body. And so this is like typically one. So 40 to 60 is the optimal range. This is typically one that you'll see skewed normally on the um on the higher side is more of like that chronic infection. And on the lower side is like that acute beginning of an infection. So like 40 to 60% is typically like the good range. And then when we start creeping outside of that, it can be, like we said, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have this. And so you have something that you need to diagnose, but if you already have the symptoms of gut dysfunction, and then you start to see this, these numbers like skewed, this is a good, like we talked about, it's a good puzzle piece trying to put your puzzle together. It's like a big corner piece. You're like, oh, fuck yeah. This is like the corner piece I can build around this. You know what I mean? Um, any caveats you guys want to add to neutrophils? Um, I'll just give you a quick story of like where you can kind of put it all together. Um, yeah. I had a client where her CRP was really high and I thought that was so weird because- which is. Uh, C-reactive protein, which is an inflammation marker just for, because I don't think we've covered that one yeah. yet good call. Um, and it's just a general inflammation marker, right? Like we don't necessarily know specifics just from looking at that, but her, we got our labs back and her white blood cells were high and her neutrophils were like just barely out of range. Um, and I looked back at, you know, cause I got, you get your labs back usually like a week later or whatever. And I looked back at her data and sure enough, she got sick like two days after she got her labs done. So I'm like, okay, let's, because it's pretty cheap to rerun yeah. a CRP and a C in a CBC, let's rerun it in a, you know, a couple months in a month, maybe um, just to double check. But I'm pretty sure we don't have to freak out about the CRP being high because of seeing this in your lab work and yeah. then nothing else, you know, really flagged related to the CRP. Yeah. Yeah. The, the white blood cells will definitely change even up to two to three is it three weeks or two weeks? I think it's up to three weeks of an infection so, or being sick in general. Yeah. So a GI bug or the flu or a cold or any of that, can, those can all drive them up or down. Yeah. The other thing is we don't want it chronically low because remember this is can also be a sign of just immune function overall. And also, so there's also another caveat to this. So, and we probably should mention when we went back and we were talking about the genetic testing, with regard to how we are born and how are all these things like with white blood cells come from bone marrow. And so we are all created differently and sometimes uh, maybe not optimally. And so some of us can have just be born with 
lower functioning immune systems or perhaps an issue with regard to production from bone marrow. And so that's going to be something also I just kind of wanted to bring to the forefront that it doesn't mean that you necessarily have an issue now, but I absolutely, if you have chronically low, like white blood cells, neutrophils, and it's chronically all the time, that's something you definitely should follow up on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or if they're changing over time. Mm -hmm. So like, it's important to keep your records. Um, if they are increasing over time or decreasing over time, it's a really good, like sometimes you'll just have like one offs, but I have a client and we were like looking and looking and looking and it was like seven, eight. And like, these are on the higher ends. And it was like 8.5 and it was like nine. And I kept saying like, something is going on. And this was just a, a friend that I was kind of helping out. And the unfortunate thing is their naturopathic doctor was like, it's fine. It's not outside of the lab range, which I think is 10. And I was like, every month, this is increasing. This is like a serious issue that is going on. And it wouldn't have necessarily looked off in just one thing because it wasn't flagged. But what we could see is over a period of, I think it was actually like five different months of like getting testing. It kept going up and up and up. And this person had a bacterial, um, a, um, what am I, a tooth infection, a low grade um, tooth infection that had been causing them issues and would have otherwise gone completely unnoticed. And so we were like, okay, like what are some things going on? What's this, what's that? And digging in a little bit more into this, like, oh, this jaw pain, this kind of like sensitive area in the jaw. And then we went in and it was like a massive infection that this person yeah. was dealing with. So I was just going to, I was getting ready to say, like, when we're talking about infections, I know we talk a lot about gut infections, but we have to think about like, Infection could be like lungs, ears, dental is huge. I was going to say another one that most people won't think about. And this is where ladies, you have to be really thoughtful is our white blood cells in immune response. We can actually see elevation when you become pregnant <laughs> and that should happen. Like our, your body's immune system is going to be changing during that time. And this is why like when somebody is pregnant, you have to be very careful about uh, I've heard people wanting to, you know, suppress some immune function and just understanding that the body is doing that for purpose to keep baby protected and you protected. So there's a lot of different reasons and rationales that we are probably just throwing out there. Everyone's like, what, what? But like you think you have to think bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what did we, so we did not go over red blood cells. Yeah, yeah, you guys want to do Um, so you went over RDW, right? Yeah, yep, so we went just... over RDW. Yeah, so red blood cell width, and then uh, we still have red blood cells, hemoglobin, hem uh, hemocrat, eight MCV, MCH, MCHC, MCH, those things. Yeah. So red blood cells, that can be an indication of liver. Um, we can be talking about here again, anemia factors, talking about B12 deficiencies. Um, if you have large red blood cells on your CBC, we can then maybe test further and look at those vitamin, vitamin deficiencies um, because these do kind of often coexist together. Um, males and females are going to be a little bit different as far as the range goes here. Um, females are going to be lower. Males will be higher in a range. And this will be the same with other things like hematocrit and things like that. Yeah. Um, no caveat to that too. If somebody has a lot of muscle density, like somebody's like training a lot or like just a more like muscular dense body, they'll kind of form more, fall more into those like men, man range, man ranges, men's ranges, man ranges, <laughs> those man ranges, just because it, it, that can in, muscle tissue and muscle tissue breakdown can influence that as well. So it's like another one. And, um, this is, I will say the one that always flags high. If you're a little bit dehydrated. You can't be kind of dehydrated that. and yeah. not have this affected. So if you're looking at this and you're, and you're thinking, oh my God, it's high. 
I would be like looking at dehydration first because it's just like, uh, yeah. every person it seems to be h- higher on those ranges for. And, and not in like hematocrit ranges. too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And those are like, yeah. So hemoglobin under 13 or 13 and a half, I think 13 or 14 is kind of a sign of anemia yeah. potentially with looking at other markers as well. Yeah. Yeah. So hemoglobin, um, just for folks to know, it is what carries oxygen and carbon dioxide. And so like we've always said, like, or Sarah just said for anemia, we can also be looking at like cardiovascular disease, um, respiratory. Again, if it's too, if it's high, this could be uh, dehydration could be part of it. We're going to see that on a lot of things. Yeah. Normally high will be that, like, assuming you don't have uh, like a a disease, right? Normally that higher level will be closer to that dehydration level. And then that nutrient deficiency for these markers will be on that lower level. Meaning if you're falling on the lower level of some of these, like, like she said, under 13 and a half on hemoglobin or under, under three on red blood cells, um, sorry, 3.9. So just four, whatever, then you're, then that's more of that micronutrient deficiency. So it's kind of like looking at all of it, not as one, but like higher typically on that hydration level and then lower typically on that lacking minerals, vitamin C, B12, folate, whatever specifically for that iron anemia, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where are we now? Hema, uh, hemocrat. So oh. that's going to be your whole blood volume. Um, and again, that's going to be high dehydration, um, or like more disease and then right and then low is going to be again kind of um it could be anemia it could be um something like sickle cell even but like that's I'm not usually seeing that yeah I'll normally see high first and this can actually be a marker of um hypochloridia which is like in general like low stomach acid or on this one it can be this is the kind of switch where like um, higher on these levels can actually be a B deficiency, whether it's B12, B9, B6, I think even on this one. Um, so that's, this, this is kind of like the one, I guess, caveat to what we just said. The rule is <laughs> we're like, Hey, typically it's this. And I'm like, but the exception is this one right here. What we should, we just talked about next. Yeah, um, the MC, MC8, MCHC, that one's also, um, also can be that B6 as well. Yep. Yep. And MCH, all of those are just basically different measurements of hemoglobin, uh, inside of the body. So they're all going to have a little bit of different factors, but in general, we can look at those and say, okay, these are the things, oh, let's do some, some ranges. So, um, hemoglobin is going to be that lower end of kind of like, we'll just say like 13 and then up to 14.5. And then hemocrit is typically, I'm just going to go in ranges because again, they're going to be a little bit higher for men, a little bit lower for, for females, but typically around that 45 would be like tipping over 45s on that higher end. And then tipping below 37 is going to be on that lower end. And then MCV 82, it's going to be on the lower end. Anything above 90, it's going to be on the higher end. The MCH 28 lower anything over 32 is going to be on the higher and then MCHC or MCHV under 32 is going to be on the lower end. And then above 35, it's going to be on the higher end. Just so if you're going down, you can kind of like look at this and be like, okay, am I high? Am I low? Am I high? Am I low? And then you can start putting some of these puzzle pieces together. Yeah. And the next thing I would just, again, I think I've already said this, but I just want to hammer it again. Cause I'm just so, yeah. Whenever we say deficiency in this, it does not mean run out and take this. I just, I can't say that enough. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep plugging that throughout this podcast. Yeah, because I'll also even consider like a small female may be on that lower end. So if they're, you're like just borderline about these kind of ranges we talked about, consider that as well. Or like the dehydration factor because. Yeah. Huge point. I'm so glad you said that. I will see this often um, with my smaller, and when I say smaller, this doesn't just mean like, um, I mean, you're petite and short, but like the amount of muscle mass you carry as well. So my females that are literally very petite, maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet, 
um, I will see a lot of these things. They can be a little bit lower on them. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a great addition. Yeah. And that's where it really is nice to have a coach that understands these labs is because sometimes you can say, oh no, baby, like your ALTs are a little bit elevated on there, but honestly, like your muscle mass is so high that I wouldn't be surprised with that. Or like, oh, I, you know, like I have a client who's like a figure competitor and it's just like, and I do her blood work and consultations for her like two or three times a year. And it's like, it's always elevated, not to the place of like, how about this? It's outside where we would say optimal ranges, but for the amount of muscle density she has and the type of training she has, it's just going to naturally be a little bit higher. She's got all other indications that her liver is functioning just fine. We've got no hormonal deficiencies, no buildup. No. So that's why it's nice to have somebody kind of guide you for who you are and your lifestyle to say, okay, this is kind of like, like we were just saying, like, this is a big fuck and this is the little fuck. And this is what lifestyle changes you can make to ensure that this is not going to go down. That's not loading the gun basically. Yeah, exactly. I think that's like such a good point in two is depending on where you are on the range. I've had a lot of, you know, I've had people come in and they're like, you know, my MCV is 90 and it like, you know, it's flagged like high. And I'm like, it's okay we're okay. Let's just, there's nothing else going on. Like, let's take this information and, you know, use it going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something just to think about as well here again, like with those factors, I, what else is happening in your life? You know, if you're having a lot of, if stress is high, if we're seeing some things happen with your adrenals, well, lithium, which I know that we all, you know, have spoken about, like, that will be excreted readily and we need lithium to get some of these nutrients into the cell. And so this stuff, there's just so much context. And so I'm, you know, I'm with Sonia, be very careful with interpretation and be very careful hunting for numbers. Yeah. Agree. Agree. And definitely would suggest at very bare minimum once a year to get the CMP and the CBC done. Um, and then if anything is flagged, definitely like twice a year to kind of be looking at your labs. Yeah. And yeah. with the exception of like, just with all things, just making sure you're not training a bunch before, or like doing hot yoga or putting yourself in a position to like, um, be dehydrated in any way, shape or form. You can take these at like any part in your cycle that doesn't really influence it. Normally you'll do multiple labs together, but and for these ones, you don't have to be fasted. If you're doing specifically just the CBC, um, that doesn't really influence it. And almost I, but I do ask my clients to make sure they're not drinking coffee before, just because anything that's going to lower our risk of hydration is going to put us in a position to maybe get wrong numbers. And we also like, I know if somebody's really well hydrated, if they are high in these things, then I do need to dig more. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I have a client who didn't work out, but she did hot yoga the day before. And I was like, great. These are basically a wash. <laughs> it was lit up like a Christmas tree. And I was like, okay, um, this isn't really going to help us a whole lot. So with that being said, that's your CBC. Boom. Well, now you can good. Yeah, team. Knowing your complete blood count. And then next week we're going to do thyroid, right? I don't even know. I think we're doing it at some point. We also have a favorites in here. We have a lot of planned guys. Yeah. We have a lot. Lot. We'll come back to the thyroid. Do a fun episode. Let's do some fun episodes and then we'll come back to the thyroid at the beginning of the year. Cause we want to do a full thyroid deep dive um, and kind of discuss yeah. the labs and then discuss Got it. That's again. A, Cause that's that thyroid is just reactive to everything else so she's she's just so reactive she's well, just, you know like oh. every cell in your body almost has like a receptor for thyroid hormone yeah. so it's like everything affects it yeah she's, great, so. she's just your, a sensitive little girl she's she can't detox thing. herself she's not I, resilient like the liver you I know say we like most people need a little love there yeah i would love it she can't help it. Once we've got those fluorides in there and those irons and those, those toxins built toxins built up in the thyroid, like she's not, there's no like phase one and phase two of thyroid detoxification. So like be good to her while you got her. Okay. You yeah. love on her. Yeah. Take your selenium, eat your Brazil nuts, salt yeah. your food. Salt like your food. Really love yeah. Salt your food. All right, guys. Well, over now, keep us posted. If you guys have questions, let us know because we'll answer them on the next episode. We're going to start out with that. And then we need to know 
if you like Christmas lights colored and you have no soul, or if you are smart and you want to have them in the white light, yeah, particularly not blinking, maybe twinkling. Yeah. Yeah. We hate to be biased, but they can be blinking. They have to be just twinkling in white. Do you put tinsel on your trees? Are you tinsel people? No, no. Okay, I also you. have a cat and dog and that I don't think would fly. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not, a t- I'm again, I'm like, I'm so traditional. I just simple, simple is good. We have sloths. We have like sloth garland that I got, you know, I don't know what garland is. they're sloths. They're like tiny creatures. They live in like Costa Rica. Wait, they wait, have you, two- have, you have sloths. I don't know. I'm going to need a video of sloth garland. I'll send you a picture. They're like sloths, baby sloths on garland that you like string across your tree. I love this. I love this. That's about where we go with it. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, over and out. We'll see you next, next week for next week's episode. Bye.